I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Sunday, December 31st, 2023, and this is episode 229 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. Just as a reminder, you can sign up for the Footnotes newsletter, which includes the show notes for each episode, as well as a weekly newsletter with inspiration, strategies, and ideas to help you grow as a writer. And all of that is available at myimaginaryfriends.net slash footnotes. When you sign up, you can choose to become an imaginary best friend for a few dollars a month and get access to premium posts, which are long-form craft essays, as well as discounts on my courses and one-on-one coaching. And starting in 2024, I will be doing workshops and tutorials exclusively for best friends. We are starting with the revision workshop, which I had been talking about after NaNoWriMo. So we've taken December off. And yeah, I will be doing a live revision workshop on January 29th. That is a Monday, 2024, 7 p.m. Eastern time, only available to best friends. So it's only $5 a month or $50 a year to become one. And then you get access to cool stuff. Other announcements. Um, the final cohort for the Imaginary World Building course happens in January. It starts Saturday, January 13th. And just checking the date to make sure that's actually the date. Yes, that's the date. Um, There are only two spots available. So it's four weeks in a row, four Saturdays at 12 p.m. noon. We're going to get together live on Zoom and work through the issues. It's mastermind style. So you bring whatever you want to bring to it and you get my feedback and the other participants' feedback. So whether it's questions on the course or your writing, um, anything having to do with the Imaginary World Building course, if you were already enrolled in the course, you can add it on. And if you have not taken the course yet, there's plenty of time to sign up. I'm not going to be doing any more cohorts next year. Uh, I've enjoyed them a lot, but I'm trying to focus and like the whole do less but do it better thing that I totally failed at in 2023. And I have a feeling I'm not going to do great at it in 2024, but I do want to do it one more time. So two spots available for the cohort starting January 13th, 2024. If you are listening to this before then, you can go to myimaginaryfriends.net to sign up and you can see the courses. And if you're already in the course and you want to add on the cohort, then I'm sending an email out with the link for that, or you can email me. So it's New Year's Eve, and this week's best thing is that the New Year is happening. It's been a while since I've podcasted. The holidays got around, and I had intentions, but I was traveling, and it just, of course, did not happen. But lots of been, lots of things have been going on. Um, so the writing update, I want to go through what I'm doing now and my plans for the new year. Currently, I am finishing up the proofread of Daughter of the Merciful Deep, which is my next historical fantasy, which comes out in June of 2024. And so that's due when this comes out. It's due the next day. It's due January 2nd. And so I'm halfway through my, my final read through my proofread. Then there's a other proofreaders reading at the same time, and I'm sure they'll have some questions usually they send in. So we're in the final stages of the process. Um, I need to ask about ARCs. I haven't seen the final cover yet. So things are moving forward. The book is on pre-order. If you would like to pre-order Daughter of the Merciful Deep, the link will be in the show notes. 
And I'm once I get the final cover, I'll start designing things for the pre-order campaign. Usually I do bookmarks, stickers, things like that. And I have every intention of doing that again this year. So I'm excited about all of that. And I'm really excited about this book. You know, I've I've had some trepidation about this book, but doing this read through, I just, I love it. I, f- I feel good about it. So I feel in the place where I need to be, where it's like, I've done everything I could for this book. I did my best. I put everything into it. And then I have to send it off into the world. And, you know, I'm not, in control of what anyone else thinks or the market or how well it sells and all of that. All I can do is control the part that I can control, which is make it the best book that it can possibly be. And to the best of my ability, I have done that. And I'm really happy with it. So that's always a good feeling. In other book publishing news, Brutal Fortress, the third book in the Bliss Wars trilogy is with the copy editor right now. So I'll get back I'll get that back in a couple of weeks and then do my final read through and get everything ready for publication. It is also on pre-order. The link is in the show notes and I'm selling it on my own website and it will release there two weeks early. So two weeks before it's on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, all the other retailers. It's going to be on my store at lpenelope.com. So if you would like to pre-order it and read it before it's available everywhere else, please do so. If you need to catch up on the series, the other two books, starting with Savage City and then Beastly Kingdom, are available everywhere. And yeah, it, it feels good to have brought that book to a close. That was another another kind of tough one. We'll see how I feel about it after I get the copy edits back and I'm doing my final read through. You know, the last time I read it, I did like it. So once again, just doing everything I can do to to, put, to get the book done, get the series, the trilogy done, and get it out into the world. So what's up next? Once that's done, I am going to be taking another look at a short story that I wrote for the fairy tale anthology, which I can never remember the title of, but it was it was from Pharaoh Feb. And my story was called Her Majesty's Wolf. It's the gender-swapped Red Riding Hood story. I think it's 6,000 words and I want to expand it a little bit and then re-release it. I got a great cover made a couple months ago and I'm sure my cover designer's like, when can I show people this cover? So that's my next project. I do want to do a couple more short stories and I would love to do something more in that world. So Her Majesty's Wolf takes place in my elsewhere world. If you are on my reader newsletter, you have gotten free short stories, and I've written other short stories and anthologies that take place in this world, which is a big world that has fairy tale elements in it. It's like a fairy world. So it's my version of that. And I haven't, it's not necessarily like I've, I've been building the world to be big enough to incorporate lots of different stories. So this one is very different than the other stories that I've written in this world. But and I might go back, you know, if I ever do a short story collection, make, make slight edits because I've, you know, over the years, as it's been coming to me, it's changed a little bit and it kind of just is what it needs to be for the story that I'm writing. But the NaNoWriMo book uh, takes place in this world also. And I really changed the world a lot for that. So we'll see how it all connects. But first things first, I'm going to do some extra scenes, um, expand that story a little bit. It's not going to be a full-length novel by any means. Maybe go from a six to 10,000 words 
I'll see what the muse decides about that. And then I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it in terms of whether I'm giving it away on my newsletter or whether I'm going to just put it up for sale. It as a standalone up for sale doesn't, mm, I don't know, I might give it away on my newsletter. So if you're not on my reader newsletter, make sure you're on that at lpenelope.com slash newsletter. It's available on every page of that website too. And yeah, I'd like to do some more shorts in Q1 of 2024 because I will also be working on my next book proposal. So Daughter of the Merciful Deep takes me out of my two-book contract with Orbit Red Hook Books. And I do have an option, which means they get the first right of refusal on my next work of adult fantasy. So I have an idea. I have to submit a book proposal, three chapters plus a synopsis, essentially. And I have to plot that book. So what I'm going to be doing is this paranormal thriller that I had started, I think I have a full draft of it, a couple years ago, another one of my quote-unquote trunk novels. Uh, this is something I never never had time to finish. But I'm going to make some changes to it. You know, whenever I step away from a book for months or years, maybe not months, but definitely years, I can't just pick up where I left off. I usually need to start from scratch, and I don't always read it again. The jury's out on exactly what the process will be for this. The problem with that manuscript was that I never understood the, the second half. That's a problem for many of my manuscripts or my initial ideas. The second half is always a mystery. I usually have to replot at the second half, like I write to the midpoint. If you've been a longtime listener, you will be familiar with this, but I'm a plotter, but the plots always change while I'm writing. So starting over from scratch is a good idea. Also, I think I'm changing the time period. I think I'm adding dual timelines. I'm doing a lot of changes. The core story and the hook is the same. And so I have a new editor at Orbit. And when we met, I gave her the brief elevator pitch and she was excited. It's, It's a very good hook. It's a good pitch. And I'm really excited. So I think Q1 of 2024, as I'm writing hopefully more shorts, I will be writing this proposal, plotting this book, and um, writing the first three chapters, the synopsis, all of that, getting that submitted. So that's project number one. After that, I do want to go back to that NaNoWriMo story and really work on the world building first and then replot it, take another stab at it. I think I'm going to try for a traditional deal on that, and I'll have to figure out what that means, where to submit it, all of that. I will have to get a new agent in order to do that, and so I haven't really been focused on that at the end of this year. It's just a lot happening, and I've been trying to really rest and take more time, not not be in a rush, but 2024, my goal is to sell at least two books or to get at least two contracts, whether it's, you know, two book deals. I don't know what the deal would be. Um, but yeah, that is my goal that I'm putting into the universe. I would like to have two new contracts with traditional publishers. As far as self-publishing, any self-publishing idea would be short work. I don't have any plans to self-publish another novel next year or this year, as it as it will be in a, just a few hours. And I have three ideas. So we've talked about paranormal thriller. There is this nano story, which is at the moment still a cozy fantasy romance. I know in my last episode, 
I did a whole thing that doesn't want to be cozy. But I think that I still want it to be. So I'll fight with myself a little bit more about that book and we'll see what happens. And then I have another kernel of an idea, not even a seed, more like a zygote of an idea. Do plants have zygotes? I don't know. I, I never did biology. But uh, yeah, it's tiny and it needs to grow and it will need time and space to grow. So as I'm working on this other stuff, I think once I get my feet under me with the option book, The Paranormal Thriller, then I will focus some more mental energy on this third idea as I'm reworking the nano story. But I think I experienced with Daughter of the Merciful Deep what happens when a story doesn't have enough time to gestate and grow. You know, I wrote it incredibly quickly. It was two years in October from first idea to basically finished book that I'm proofreading now in December. And that should be enough time, you'd think, but it wasn't. And it's not to say that I need many, many years for every idea. Some ideas come quickly, but they come formed. And some ideas come as great ideas, but they're not formed. And, you know, with Daughter, I did push it. And I experienced the downfall of that. You know, it was just the process was hard. I do think I came up with something good, but what would have what would it have been if it had felt more cooked by the time I started writing it? And so, yeah, I don't know this third book at all yet. And I haven't been thinking about it on purpose because it is the third, the thing I'm trying to do that I hope to do this year that I should be able to, in theory. Um, you know, with the, the paranormal thriller, I wouldn't write it until it sells. I do the proposal. I do all the plotting, hopefully in a lot of detail. But once I got a contract, I would finish writing it. The NaNoWriMo book, I probably would write just, and this is just what I'm saying today, you know, <laughs> this might change completely. I have to write where the energy goes. Um, but those two books, you know, Nano, I think I got half a book that would probably change a lot. Do another proposal, try to sell it, see what happens. At that point, think about this third book. As I'm as I'm talking, the plan sounds even more shaky, but it'll come together because it always does. And I will figure it out. But those are the three stories that have energy, or the three parts of stories that have energy, and that I will be focusing my time on this year. In other news, I've been reading a bunch. I had set a Goodreads goal that I am certain I will fail at, but I'm going to give it my last shot and I could probably squeeze in one more book today <laughs> before the deadline. <laughs> I should check and see where, where I'm at. But some things that I can recommend. There is a new Paladin book by T. Kingfisher. It's the fourth in the Paladin series, Paladin's Faith. So I probably have recommended Paladin's Grace, which is the first in the series, which I adored. It is fantasy romance that takes place in, she has a sort of world with these countries that is like clockwork things. I don't know what she would call it. It's really great what she was doing with that world because I, I read The Clockwork Boys, is that what it was called? Anyway, all the Paladin's books are great. This last one, Paladin's Faith, also great and highly recommended. And then I read a historical romance, Passion by Lisa Valdez, which is one of those books that I had to immediately recommend to my friends because it, I just needed their feedback. It was one of those things where 
I'm not sure if I'm reading what I think I'm reading. I was at like 35%. I didn't even finish the book before. I was like, y'all have to read this because we need to discuss this. I think we talked about it on the Ink and Magic podcast too, one of the episodes. Who knows? Um, And so yes, Passion by Lisa Valtez, if you like erotic historical romance, I would say, in the first chapter, they're getting down and dirty. So check out the free sample and see if this book is for you because it is a lot. It's a lot. It is an experience, but at the same time, I enjoyed it. I was also vaguely horrified by it, but I still recommended it to my friends. So do with that information what you will. And then I read The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata, which I'd heard about for years but never got around to reading. And then over on the Ink and Magic podcast, which is what I host with my best friend, Ines Johnson, where we it's technically a paranormal and fantasy romance podcast where we are rereading Side Changeling by um, Nalini Singh. But we do every other episode is a craft episode. And so we were recording the Marriage of Convenience episode. And I was just looking through the notes because Inez was leading that one. We take turns sort of leading off on on those craft episodes. And I was like, hmm, I got onto Goodreads and was looking at different lists of Marriage of Convenience books just to jog my memory of what I'd read. And I came across The Wall of Winnipeg and Me again, and I read the description and I was like, I need to read this book today. I'm an emotional reader and whatever emotions were in that book blurb were exactly what I wanted. And it really scratched the itch. I stayed up late. I woke up early the next day to finish it. It was great. It was also something that I, I really want to talk about on that podcast because I want to get Inez's take on it from a structural perspective. She's such a structuralist when it comes to romance novels. And that book has a different structure. It's not your average marriage of convenience story, I'll say. It hits the beats eventually, but it is such a slow burn and it takes so long to ramp up. They don't kiss for real to like 70% in that book. And yeah, I would love to have one of our discussions about that book. I loved it though. Highly recommend it. Another thing that I have been incorporating into my routine, I've been trying to really short my morning routine. So getting up, I've been taking my morning walks. I've been most days stretching. I've been meditating most days for at least 20 minutes. And I bought this journal, which is the Some Lines a Day Journal by Lecterm1917. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. But it's a five-year journal. And each page, each day is split into five sections. So each day of for five years, you can see what you wrote. So you don't write a lot. Um, and I've been, I got it in mid-December and I've been keeping up with it. And I'm really excited to see what it's going to be like, like five years from now or next year on December 31st, looking back at what I wrote today. And then in 2025 and 2026, I'll be able to go to that page and see on that day, two, three years ago, what was I thinking about? What was going on? What will my life be like in another year, two years, five years? That was actually underscored this morning. I was on Instagram. I try not to get on social media first thing in the morning, but for some reason I did today. And I guess I was meant to because the first thing that came up was this video from Tabitha Brown. Tab Brown, who is inspiring actress, vegan chef, I guess. Um, and she posted the six-year anniversary of the, the video that really started it all, that kind of went viral for her and began her journey. So six years ago, 
She, I will link to it in the show notes. It's a, a video she posted. She was driving Uber. She had dropped someone off at Whole Foods and, and she'd just become a vegan and decided to get this vegan sandwich. And it's just her authentic, natural reaction to what was apparently for her a very delicious sandwich. And after that, Whole Foods contacted her after the video went viral and her career started. And I was just like crying, watching this video, reading the comments. Then she had a follow-up video. And it was just, I'll link to that too. I watched them in order because it was so inspiring. So that was six years ago. And now I think she has an Emmy and she's just this huge celebrity. But you see that she is the same exact person. She hasn't changed. She was authentic then when she was not known. She's authentic now when she is known. She's Everything is coming from her spirit, from a deep place of spirituality and being connectedness. And that was inspiring. Like, what is going to happen? What will I look back on six years from now and say? Like, you never know the thing that will change everything. You never know what post, what book, what word, what person, what thing you go to that you'll meet somebody that leads to this. You just never know. And in the same way, you never know when the last time you see someone will be the last or most of the time you don't know. You never know when the first time will be that something happens. And it was just so deeply inspiring. It was such a great way to start the day. And I just, yeah, I want to share it with you all. So make sure you check out that that video in the notes. A lot of people have chosen a word for 2024. I haven't chosen a word. Maybe one will come to me. I don't know. I'm still working on all of the same things that I've been working on this year and trying to improve and get better at them. I'm still thinking about things like do less, but do it better on authenticity um, and what those things mean and how to exemplify them more. I'm working on harmony and gratitude. I am working on a lot. And I did a post on the Footnotes newsletter that came out today, just with some things that I was grateful for. An overview, you know, it's been a very difficult year, um, but there's so much to be grateful for. And I am really trying to look at the positive. One last story. It, I, over Christmas, I was with my mother and my brother, and we went to Nashville very randomly. We don't have any family in Nashville. We just rented an Airbnb and decided to go. And before we left, I had been on a walk and listening to, um, I try to listen to like walking meditations or some kind of meditation that I don't have to be still for on Insight Timer on the app. And I was listening to this woman. She told the story about the two wolves and I had never heard the story before. It was, uh, I'm going to tell it poorly, but basically there's, um, but basically a grandfather is telling his grandson the story about these two wolves that we all have inside of us that fight. And one wolf represents all the negative emotions, fear, despair, guilt, shame, all of these negative things. And the other wolf represents the positive, the hope and joy and love and gratitude. And the grandson asks the grandfather, well, which one will win? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. And when I heard that, it just lit something up inside of me. And so I was at dinner with my mother and my brother, and we were talking about something. And something happened where I was about to tell that story. I was about to say, oh, I heard this thing when my brother told the exact story. He's like, there's this podcast he listens to, which is called The One You Feed. And he tells that story to all the guests and asks what it means to them. And I was like, 
I was literally about to tell that exact same story that I got to from a totally different place. But ever since then, I've been thinking so much about the one you feed. You know, what am I feeding? What am I feeding? What am I... What are my thoughts focused on? Where is my energy focused on? And it's so much, you know, going through so much turmoil and pain. It's like, there's that. And I have to feel that. You have to go through that. But like, maybe I don't have a word for 2024. But if anything, the theme will be, how am I going to be feeding the proper wolf? I know that we need both of them. We need all of the whole range of emotions. But the one that you feed is the one that will grow and the one that will win. So my hope for us all is to focus on which wolf we're feeding and to navigate the hills and valleys and the ups and downs with um, some measure of grace. After my year-end post today, I got a bunch of emails from people for whom it resonated. And it was a very personal and like vulnerable post for me to write, and I almost didn't post it. So I was Grateful for everyone who reached out and commented and emailed me. And shout out to author Nilu Nasser, who emailed me. And something in her email was just so beautiful. She said, wishing you a year of healing, a year that grounds you and that allows you to fly. And that feels like a really powerful benediction. So I will take her beautiful words and share them with you. So for 2024, I wish you a year of healing, a year that grounds you and that allows you to fly. And... It is the next year when you listen to this, but I will see you next year and I hope that you have a happy new year.